Well, good morning, 8.30 service. How y'all doing this morning? So glad you guys are joining us today. Would y'all stand up, greet some people around you, and then we'll begin to worship together.
If you remember in years past, Doc would come up here and it's like, story time with Doc. And be him on his farm and he had this like epiphany and he'd wrap it up nicely in communion. So this morning I'm driving in on Benson, I'm passing bullets, and there she is. A deer on the bridge over Clear Creek. And she couldn't go left and she couldn't go right and she wasn't turning around and going the other way. The, the way I thought she should have been going, because here I come in a big Chevy Silverado with a bush guard. She is not going to win this battle. And I'm starting to hit the brakes. Oh no, oh no, oh no. And she starts coming right towards me. I'm like, no, dear, that is the wrong way to go. And then she jumps over to the side. And after my peripheral view, I see baby deer. And the dark moment hits me. Ah, that was Jesus. He could have went in any direction. He could have turned this thing all the way around. Said, nope, I'm out. But he took the Silverado. He took on our sins head on. Not for his own glory, his own satisfaction, his own achievement. But for his kids. So many times I think we come to this part and it's about me. I need to get my head right. I need to get my heart right. I need to get my thoughts together. I need to be focused and ready to go. We're about to get to the the heart of the message here. This is where it's going to get serious. And look at Jesus on the cross and hey, this is where it's going to get serious and where it needs to be about me and me and me. And Jesus says it needs to be about us and us as children. So today we're starting this new series. We ready? Are we truly ready? Or are we looking for the avenue or the way out to turn around and start running and running and running and getting away from the waters on both sides of the bridge, from the truck that's heading right towards us? Or are we truly dialed in, body, heart, and spirit? And not just the words, not just the worship, not just the message, but the person said, hey, I don't care how big the truck is or how cold the water is or how scary this is going to be. That is my child. My Heavenly Father has given me this opportunity to bring home His children. So are we ready? As we go into this time of communion, meditation, giving the tithes and offerings, May we clear our hearts and our minds of all the distractions, of all the waters on both sides of the big truck heading our way. And ask ourselves, are we really truly ready for what the kingdom has in store? Not just for today, but for eternity. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you. I thank you for that moment in the garden where Jesus... He's not stumbling. He's not taking steps back. He's just saying, okay, we're in this together. This is our plan correctly. Are we confident? Are we sure? Are we moving forward? Are we going to take this thing head on? And your spirit pressed upon him. Yes, we are. And with laser vision, with laser focus, with laser commitment from there on, not a distraction 
There was not beating. There wasn't harsh words or ridicule. There wasn't a nail or a cross. It was going to keep him away from doing what he needed to do so you could be with your children. Better yet, your children could be with you. So let's set our minds and our hearts, and more importantly, our spirit. So when we are asked, are we ready? It is a very clear and confident yes. In your name we pray. Amen. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior. All the day long This is my story This is my song Praising my Savior All the day long This is my story This is my song Praising my Savior all the day long. Exaltation 
And worthy is your name, worthy of our praise, we work. And here we stand in all, cause you deserve it all, Jesus evermore. church, y'all can grab a seat. to come out in pads today. I, I was ready. I was ready because this is going to be, the next five weeks are going to be so much fun if you'll get ready. If you will invest the time over the next five weeks to really focus on what we're going to talk about and more than just focus on what we're going to talk about here, if you will take the time over the next five weeks to get ready for worship just by reading one chapter a week. We're going to be in the book of 1 Thessalonians. This week we're going to dig into chapter 1. So your homework is go ahead. If you didn't already know that and you hadn't already done it, read chapter 1 today, get caught up. And then before next Sunday, read chapter 2 and get ready to dig in. And the, the best thing about it, if you're not a big reader or whatever, can't dig in too hard, they're short chapters. So you got this. You really got this. And so we are excited. I'm so glad that you see you guys. I know we got a lot of folks traveling back from fall break. We've got, got a lot of people online already. I've been back in the back kind of interacting on an online campus we got people worshiping with us in michigan and florida and alabama and several countries around the world we're just glad that you're here whether in person or online but i hope you're ready to engage I hope you're ready to engage and that you'll come ready every week. So we're going to dig in. We're going to dig into this book of 1 Thessalonians. And the reason that we're calling this series We Ready is the book of 1 Thessalonians is a, is a book that Paul wrote where the whole focus is on the second coming of Christ. And the church, in particular the church at Thessalonica, the Thessalonian people, being ready for the second coming of, of Christ. It was written to the church in Thessalonica, as I said, by Paul somewhere around 49 to 51 AD. Uh, Paul and Silas had started this church, kind of helped get it organized on their second missionary journey. And it was an important church because Thessalonica was a prominent uh, seaport in the Aegean Sea, and it was a principal stop for a lot of people, a major Roman roadway. And so it was 
significant that there be a place there that started spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as I said, the theme behind this letter is is all about Jesus' second coming. Uh, When he returns, uh, the dead in Christ will rise and join to meet those who are still alive in the air. Believers will face, uh, excuse me, unbelievers will face the wrath of the eternity that they have chosen and believers will inherit their gift of eternity and Christians are reminded throughout this book to to live holy and blameless lives until it's coming to be ready Uh, and and the purpose behind this the purpose the reason for writing this as I said they've started this church it's kind of going it's young it's early but they had received Paul and Silas had received a report from Timothy uh, a young disciple of theirs that the persecution uh, that had driven Paul and Silas away from Thessalonica had continued. It had gotten severe. Some of the people had really suffered. Some had even died. And this letter is meant to be one of encouragement. Hang in there. Hang in there. You got this. You and God have got this together. Hang in there. I know it's tough, but hang in there. And the key verse, I think, in this whole book is actually in this first chapter. And so if you've got your Bibles open already, look down to the end of chapter 1 to verse 10. Here's what it says in verse 10. They, they're talking about, the, Paul's writing about how people are telling them of great stories about the church there. It says, they speak of how you are looking forward to the coming, uh, to God's Son coming from heaven, Jesus, whom God raised from the dead. Now, the reality is Paul spends a lot of time in this early chapter just kind of talking about the things that he remembers the Thessalonians for, which caused me to wonder, what do you want to be remembered for? Probably every one of you guys in here have seen the, the, the talk about, you know, your, your tombstone and how on your tombstone you got, you got, uh, you got four numbers and then you got a dash and then you got four more numbers. And the reality is it's birth dash death. But the dash determines how ready you are for the last number. You had no control. Let's be honest. You had no control over the first number whatsoever. All right? The dash is the thing that you have control over. And it determines what the death and what the end is going to look like. And are you going to be ready? What do you want to be remembered for what is it in life that you want to be remembered for when people are are talking about you now and in the future maybe after you're gone what do you want to be remembered for and paul's talking about the things that he remembers and that he loves about uh, the thessalonian people and one of those is that they were full of action now after the the introduction words in verse one we come to verse two and, and we see paul start writing about how they were remembered for their actions, not for their words. Look at verses 2 and 3. He says, we always thank God for all of you and pray for you constantly as we pray to God, our God and Father about you. We think about, we remember your faithful work, your loving deeds, and the enduring hope that you have 
because of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faith, hope, and love. Paul wrote a lot about those three things, didn't he, throughout the New Testament. Faith, hope, and love. He said in 1 Corinthians, the greatest of these, the, these are the three things that will endure. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. And, and so he starts here, he says, I, we, we, we pray and, and we, we're thanking God for you and we think about your faithful work. I read a, I read a letter or an article this week, read a story this week about a high school golfer named Chelsea Richard from, from Braden, Brandon, Florida. Uh, she went to Bloomingdale High School and in 2004 she lost her chance to win the state golf ch- championship by being honest. And, and the, the, tournament right before the state championship she hit a tee shot on the second hole into the rough <laughs> what a surprise do that regularly right? but when she went into the rough to hit her ball back out without knowing it she played another golfer's ball out of the rough and finished the hole and on the third hole as she's playing she looked and she realized what she had done and their rule was that a golfer must declare on the hole that they play the wrong ball that they've played the wrong ball or they will be disqualified and she reported it and lost her chance as the number one ranked golfer to go on and win the state championship she talked about it later she said she drew strength from her favorite verse in the bible philippians 4 13 a lot of us know that verse of scripture i can do all things through christ who strengthens me and, and she said it was painful it was the, it was a terrible ending to her, her senior season and her dream of going to state but this is what she said with my faith and with god being honest was the most important thing to me and that's what is going to advance on throughout my life being faithful and honest no matter what and so paul takes that idea he has seen that idea encapsulated in the way that the the people of thessalonica have lived and he says i thank god for your faithfulness for your faithful work would god look down in our lives today, individually, as a church global, would God look down and be thankful for your faithfulness, for our faithfulness? The, the second thing he says that they voice for your loving deeds. Bernard Newman tells how he once stayed in a, a Bulgarian peasant's house. And all the time that he was there, the, the daughter in the house just kept stitching away at this dress. For days upon end, she's just painstakingly just being really intricate and, uh, intricate and, and stitching this dress. And finally he asked her, don't you ever get tired of that eternal sewing? Now, I think a lot of times people would say to, to young people, don't you get tired of that eternal talking or loud noise or whatever? But don't you ever get tired of all that sewing? And she said, oh, no. You see, this is my wedding dress. I'm getting ready for a wonderful day. And I love the glory of it. And what, what kind of loving deeds are you doing in life? 
I watched on, on YouTube this week an incredible story about these two guys. They were, they were high school friends, uh, Rob Westerman and Mike Lewis, and they went to a Kroger store with $400 cash in their pocket, $20 bills, and they went to the Kroger store not to go get their groceries or anything like that, but they wanted to go in and surprise as many as 15 different people just by walking up to the cash register and, and paying their, paying for their groceries. And I watched the video. It was incredible. They, they didn't tell them ahead of time. The people were just there checking out like you do at Kroger. And when the, the lady behind the register said, it's however much, then this bald guy just walks up and lays a 20 or two 20s down and says, God bless you. He's good. And walks away. And people are looking like, what? What in the world? And one lady kind of kind of waves and blows him a kiss and says, "I love you." And another lady says, "Well, that's incredible. Let me pay for the person behind me." And then there were some that were much more emotional. And and, and then there's this one lady that just begins to cry. And the, the sweet lady at the register walks around the other side and says, "You're gonna make me cry." And they hug and they people are watching. You hear one guy in the background going, "I always get in the wrong line." You know, <laughs> you, you know, we can we can appreciate that feeling. And, and then one lady actually contacted these guys later. Somehow found it because the lady, the cash register, knew who they were. And that be kind of came came obvious after a while. And so she found out how to contact them. And she said, "You just don't understand." On my way to the store that day, I prayed that God would show me a sign that He truly cares. See, you never know what little loving deed that you might do that's going to make that kind of impact and that kind of difference in somebody's life. They, they, they finally went back, they interviewed the, the Rob Westerman guy. He said, let's truly love our neighbor. Whatever that looks like for you, we did this with no strings attached. Now, I'm, I'm not suggesting that you leave here from church and go up to Kroger and start paying for Bill's groceries. If God suggests that to you, then I'd suggest you do that. But I'm not suggesting, but what is it that you could do? What is it that you could do today to show some kind of loving, loving deed that people would be pointed in the direction of Jesus? Because every time that he would hand them money or he would put the money, he said, God loves you. God is good. And he'd walk away. It wasn't just here. Let me pay for that. It was with a purpose of, of sharing the love of God. Maybe today you just need to hold the door for someone. Maybe it's here at church or maybe it's later on when you go uh, to a restaurant or to a store. Maybe you just need to hold the door for someone and smile at them. Maybe you need to make a meal for someone or, or send it to them on DoorDash. And just because you care, maybe next week when you're bringing your trash cans in from the curb on trash day, you grab your neighbors and you take them in as well. Maybe you go out to eat today and you just get like crazy stupid on your tip. And, and you've got, you've been blessed and you've got something and maybe you've got a, a wonderful sweet waitress and like you don't tip her 15 or 20 percent you tip her like 200 percent and you just do something extravagant like that that, and and let god get the glory for that you just maybe just smile at someone on the street or you compliment a stranger what are the loving deeds that we could do that would be like what paul says to the people of thessalonica i'm just i'm thankful for your loving deeds for your faithfulness and then he says and for your enduring hope guys Hope, I believe, 
is the greatest need in our world today. You could talk about all the economic resources that you want. You could talk about all the political issues that you want. You could talk about all the drug intervention you want. All those things come back to people having a lack of hope. What causes people to act out and do crazy, stupid things? It's a lack of hope. We need hope in our world today. And when hope is shattered, we don't make wise choices. Back in 2002 in the Winter Olympics, some of y'all would remember the name Apollo Ono if you're an Olympic fan watching. He was an Olympic, American Olympic skater that hoped to win his second gold medal in, in the men's 5,000 meter short track. And it's a four person team and they're just flying around there and it's kind of like a tag and they, they keep tagging each other. But during one of the turns, one of the other American skaters fell and his fall and recovery only took a couple seconds but in a race like that that's all that mattered it essentially put the American team out of the race and in the rest of the race though after that the American team began to skate slower and slower and slower and were eventually lapped by the gold medal winning Canadian team and why'd they slow down they lost hope They knew that their hope of winning was gone, and therefore, in their mind, there was nothing to work for. Is your hope of winning gone? Is your hope missing? If it is, then I'm glad you're here today, and hopefully we can give you a dose of hope. We can give you some hope to cope. And then I want you to look at God's Word and be encouraged, because it's clear, in the very end of this race... Guys, we win. That's the hope that we have in Christ Jesus. So what do your actions reflect? Paul said he was thankful to this Thessalonican church because they were ready and their actions reflected that. What do your actions reflect? The second thing that starts in verse 4, the second thing they remember for is for their confidence in their salvation. Look starting in verse 4, uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. We know, dear brothers and sisters, that God loves you. I mean, hey, could we just stop right there? Could, could, could we just stop right there? Could, could maybe today we just memorize that portion of that verse of scripture and, and, and commit ourselves to being one of our actions? Being we just take those words and we share them with at least one person a day. Brothers and sisters, we know that God loves you. Has chosen you to be his own people. For when we brought you the good news, it was not only with words, but also with power. For the Holy Spirit gave you full assurance, underline that word, full assurance that what he said was true. And you know of our concern for you from the way we live when we were with you. So you received the message with the joy from the Holy Spirit in spite of the severe suffering it brought you. Persecution came and it was awful. In this way, you initiated both us, or you, excuse me, you imitated both us and the Lord, and as a result, you have become an example to all believers in Greece throughout both Macedonia and Achaia. God loves you. Let me, let me say it again. God loves you. And he chose to show that love 
by sending Jesus. I remember growing up singing that song, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste, glory divine, heir, heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of his spirit, and washed in his blood. We, we sing that song a whole lot when I was a kid growing up. But as an adult, I'm not really sure if we believed what we were singing. Because a lot of times we would sing that, Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. And I'd watch saints around me that, that were, that were my Christian mentors and idols sing that song. And then as an adult and later in life, I would hear them say things like, I just hope I get to go to heaven. Those two don't match. Either you have a blessed assurance or you don't. And if you have a blessed assurance, then the assurance is that your eternity is secure in Christ Jesus. Now, there are, there are some problems in how some people want to interpret this and other sections of Scripture. Especially today, it's a growing problem. Because there are those that believe that God somehow chose who was going to be saved before they were ever born. That, that being chosen means that you were hand-selected by God and you get to go and you're chosen. Well, that's great if you're one of them. <laughs> that's awesome if you're one that got picked. But what if you're one standing by the fence, all the teams have been picked and you weren't chosen? You know, see, that kind of theology and that kind of mentality says that there's only a few and God's already picked them. And the problem with that is, is the Bible. Because what is the most well-known verse in all of Scripture? Could we agree John 3.16? And what does it say? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that, here's a key word, that who? Whosoever, that whoever believes in him could have eternal life. Well, not if some are chosen and some are not. And see, it's important to understand that what means to be chosen is to understand that God, because of his love for you, chose to send Jesus for all sinners. The God provided a way out of our sin debt. And all we have to do is to respond to that act of loving kindness. <clears throat> How do we do that? Well, it starts by believing that that is true and that it happened. It, it, it involves trusting him enough to let our actions, the things that Paul had said at first, that he was, he was thankful because of their actions, to let our actions show that our belief, that's what trust is. It is belief put into action. And so we believe with Jesus is who he said he is, that he did what he said he was going to do, and that he is coming back, and we trust that enough to act upon that accordingly. And then we are willing to repent of our sins, not just to say, well, man, that's a great gift. I'm going to keep on doing it. 
party on. No, that we are willing to repent and say, no, there are things in my life that I know that God's word says are out of line with his will. And I'm willing to change those things. I'm going to turn and I'm going to go the other way and I'm going to repent of my sins. And maybe you're here today and that's something that you need to do. You've already, you're, you believe that Jesus is who he is, but you've got to repent of some things. And then after we do that, we're willing to publicly confess publicly confess so that the whole world would know about our belief not to be a closet christian and then we get those sins washed away by being baptized and not just being buried in water and and burying our sin but the best part of baptism guys you got to understand we got to understand that the best part of baptism and, and the actions of it is not going under the water it's coming back out because that symbolizes the resurrection that's the hope we have in Christ Jesus that just as we were buried with him so also we can be raised with him to walk and to live a new life we need to understand that god loves us and chose us by sending jesus for all of mankind and we also need to understand the power of the holy spirit and quit being scared of it the holy spirit of god comes and lives inside of us and the power of the holy spirit is available to people today the power of the holy spirit is not just for salvation but also for transformation to change us and it might be it might be slow and it might be gradual or it might be instantaneous but the ones that i see working are working through that process and it's slow and gradual. See, I, I could have, uh, I could have brought a 10 gallon, uh, tank of gas, can of gas up here with me today. And, and if I had chosen to be really, really stupid and crazy, I could have created some energy with that 10 gallons of gas. I could have lit a match and thrown it into that can and I could have created some spontaneous, immediate energy that would have been more than we want to deal with or i could take that 10 gallons of gas and put it in a brand new high energy efficient car that gets 35 miles to the gallon and i could have gone and done a whole lot of good work with 10 gallons but guys the gas created energy either way it's used Either way, it's used. An explosion might be spectacular, but the sustained control burn has staying power. And, and I believe that we don't, God doesn't want us to just be a flash in the pan. He wants us to make a steady difference, to keep going and make a steady difference. And, and so we need to ask ourselves, are you ready? Are you ready to unleash the power of the Holy Spirit in your life? Or does that scare the waddings out of you? I think sometimes we don't let it loose because we're scared of where it might take us. Maybe because of something we felt, maybe because of something we've seen, maybe because of something somebody else has told us, and we just don't unleash the power. It's as if we have a power drill and we won't plug it in. We're just trying to turn it really fast. In our own might, in our own strength. There's all kinds of examples of faith, not having, being satisfied to have just received a gift and being eager and willing. And, and all these people were doing what they needed to do. And because of that, what Paul says is every one of them 
had a testimony. He said, the word about you guys is spreading all over Greece. There's a testimony in what you're doing because of the assurance that you have of God's love for you. And so we ask, are we full of that assurance? Are we full of action? Are we full of assurance? And the last thing that he says is that he's, he remembers them for their great anticipation. They are full of anticipation of the coming of the Lord. Look at verse 8. It says, and now the word of the Lord is ringing out from you ringing out from you it's kind of like a sponge maybe thinking that has been soaked up a lot of stuff and now it's getting wrung out and you're being wrung out and it's ringing out from you to people everywhere even from macedonia care for wherever we go this is wherever we go we find people telling us about your faith in god we don't need to tell them about it for they keep talking about the wonderful welcome you gave us and how you turned away from i and, uh, to serve the living and true God and they speak of how you're looking forward to the coming of God's son from heaven Jesus whom God raised from the dead he is the one who rescued us from the terrors of the coming judgment these Thessalonians had experienced this spiritual awakening you can read in history about the great awakenings that have happened in our country and I truly believe I truly believe all my heart that we are on the verge of another great awakening but along with those great awakenings sometimes there is persecution there is trouble I think that is part of what's happening today but I would just just as soon to seeing a great awakening i would just as soon see a great anticipation of people that are ready for the coming of the lord see the people in thessalonica i love what it says it says they imitated he said you imitated our ways and god's ways you imitate they imitated the ways of paul and silas and timothy as those guys imitated christ that's what paul talked about in first corinthians 11 1 you imitate me as i imitate christ follow me as i follow christ and this brought some real direct persecution and and i just like for us i think persecution is increasing but i think we we need to be really careful that we don't compare our persecution to what a lot of people around the world are going through at least not yet (laughs) but the church has listen to me the church has always 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 grown during and after persecution and so these Thessalonians, they became examples of faith. And when, when the going gets tough, what? Tough get going. We hope. Sometimes, sometimes unfortunately, I've seen in the church, when the going gets tough, some people get going right out the doors. Instead of charging the storm. Our challenge is to be changed in ways that people can see and that it gives God glory, not us. 
that it always points people to Jesus. We have committed that our, that our purpose, our, our, our mission as a church is to be a community of changed lives. That we're pointing people to Jesus. When, when people are baptized here, when they go back and then they change and we give them a black shirt that says changed. And, and when they get out of the baptistry, we give them a, a Walmart bag or some kind of bag and say, that's your shirt. Here, put the wet shirt and take it home, dry it. It's yours. Wear it everywhere. And our hope is that when they wear it everywhere, that it becomes a testimony and people start asking questions. What's changed? And they say, well, me, that's what's changed. My life's changed. This is what Jesus is doing because it's all about the change. Our hope is that we live and wear those shirts so that people will ask questions and that we can start pointing them to Jesus and tell them our story. Tell them our testimony. Tell them what Jesus has done in our life. See, we give hope to people when we share our story. When you guys share your story, just like it's in a Kroger store and you're, you're buying somebody's groceries or you're opening the door and they ask why and you, you share Jesus and you share a story. When you came in this morning, everybody got a card. Should have gotten a card. If you didn't, there's some more up here in the front or in the back. It, it allows you to write your Jesus story. It helps you write your Jesus story. There's three blanks here. My life before I met Jesus was. And you can write about that. And then it says, I accepted Jesus and really started following him when. And you can write about that. And then the last one says, my life is so different today because of what Jesus gave me. That's your story. And I want you to write it down and I want you to share it with people. I love to read it. I love to read it because when you know your story, you're ready to share your story and that's your testimony and God's going to give you that opportunity and then God can say from heaven, I'm thankful for you because you share your story. And I know right now someone's thinking, I'm not even sure I've really accepted Jesus. Great, I'm glad you're here. But if you believe... If you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, then what in the world are you waiting on? If you believe it, accept it and move forward. If you got questions, Bradley's going to be down here in a few minutes. He'd love to talk to you about the questions. Listen, I want you to listen to this last verse again. They speak to us. We don't have to ask them. They come to us and they tell us of how you are looking forward to the coming of God's Son from heaven. Jesus, who God raised from the dead, He is the one who rescued us from the terrors of the coming judgment. There are going to be bad things happen, but God sent Jesus to give us victory. That's our story. That's our testimony. That's something to celebrate. Let's make that our testimony today and as we leave here. Would you guys stand up and if you need to do something about that, let's get a testimony that lets the world know who Jesus is and what he's done for us and what he can do for them. And I saw Satan fall like me. I saw darkness run for cover. But the miracle that I just can't get over. My name is registered in heaven. I believe it's such a wonder I have resurrection power Still the miracle that I just can't get over My name is registered in heaven My praise belongs to you forever 
sons and daughters Fought with blood and washed in water Sing the praises of the Spirit's Son and Father Our God will finish what He started our God will finish what He started. Oh, this is my testimony from death to life. Cause grace reels my story. I'll testify by Jesus Christ the righteous. I'll testify. This is my testimony. If I'm not dead, then you're not done. The greater things are still to come. Oh, I believe. If I'm not dead, then you're not done. The greater things are still to come. Oh, I believe. If I'm not dead, then you're not done. The greater things are still to come. famous let the whole world know of the wonderful love that you have for us in jesus name amen hey guys real quick if you're new here this is your first week we are so thrilled you came out in the lobby there's a big orange wall says i'm new uh we got a team of people out there they've got a special gift for you uh they'd love to meet you hey tuesday night Tuesday night is our pathways uh, for this month. It's a, it's our onboarding system for membership, and it's a way to also get involved in small groups and in ministry. Uh, you can either get online and sign up for that. It starts at 6 o'clock, or you can just come down front and see me right after service. I'll get
get you taken care of. I'll get you hooked up. Uh, don't forget, uh, October 27th is our Fall Family Fun Fest. Uh, it's on the athletic field from 6 to 8. It's just a big uh, fall festival, lots of candy. Uh, we need people to sign up for tables. There's a sign-up sheet out on the big table in the lobby. Uh, or you can just bring candy next week and drop it in the bins out there. That would really help us out a lot. But we really need a lot of people to come and serve and minister and share the love of Jesus in those opportunities. And then finally, on Saturday night, the 30th, we're having Love our, love Your Neighbor events all over the county. Life groups, small groups, just neighbors getting together. And just on, on trick-or-treat night, just be in your front yard and just greet people and share the love of Jesus in any way you can. That's what we're all to do. That's our testimony. If you didn't get a card, uh, get one on your way out. Please take the time to do this and start, start sharing your story so that we can love God, love people, and go change the world. We'll see you guys next Sunday.